Thank you and appreciate you for your giving. We ask that you would go ahead and bow your heads, and then we will pray and move into the Word of God. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you. We love you, God. We ask that you would hide me beneath the cross, God, that you would think through my mind, God, speak through my mouth, God, illuminate this preaching moment as well as this receiving moment. God, let a revelation knowledge flow freely, unhindered, uninterrupted, and unchecked by any satanic or demonic forces. And God, we give you praise and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And let everybody say, Amen. come on with your Bibles in your hands. Let's do what we normally do. Come on, repeat after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple, where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our Creator continually. Yes, we confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. We commit to serve creatively. Yes, and we communicate Christ's love compassionately. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Pastor Andre is blessed, so say this, say, Father God, feed me your word. If you believe it, go ahead and put your hands together and praise the Lord. Amen and amen. So I'm going to have them go ahead and bring the title up. I'm going to take a moment to pull it up on my, my end. But the simple title is this, Armed. Somebody say armed. Armed. Moving on from there, I'm going to give us the... Uh, Whatever comes up next, I'm not for sure where what it is, so go ahead and bring up what's next. So I can't see it down here. So, yes. So what we're going to do here, I'm, I'm going to basically all my, I'm going to only have two points. Here's my first point, and then what I'm going to do, I'm going to bring up uh, several points under this point to explain this point. So the scripture lets us know that the enemy is defeated. So go ahead and bring it back up. Now here's the major question that we're going to be working with. If our enemy is already defeated, why do we need to be armed? So why are we arming ourselves for a defeated foe? If the cross is true, if Easter is really true, what we fighting so much for? So let's... Let's go to whatever's next up there. Here's the major here's one of the major reasons why our enemy has amnesia. So our enemy forgets what has happened to him. 
And so we have to sometimes remind our enemy. Let me give you an example. Every now and then, my mother and I, we will play Scrabble. And when we play Scrabble, we don't function like Pastor and Mother Mitchell. And we don't function like mother and son. We talk big junk and big stuff. But every now and then, when we pull out the Scrabble board, sometimes the old score is left in there. And if I whooped her the last time, before we put any letters down, I pull up the old score and remind her, Mama, you were struggling last time. I hope you do better than you did last time. I'm trying to reminder because what I'm trying to do I'm trying to set up in her mind before you try me I want you to know this ain't the first time you've lost and so when you deal with the enemy sometimes you got to remind him of what's already happened because he forgets what has happened and if he gets you to forget he can treat you and push you around and what will happen is not only does he forget he's defeated you forget he defeated and you start walking around as if he can control you now the bible says that satan walks around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour which means he can't devour everybody He's got to find somebody who's tricked into thinking they are defeated and then he can devour them. But as long as I'm reminded of the fact that he's already lost, I can remind him, wait a second, why are you trying to push me around? I can remind you, you are a defeated foe. Amen. All right, let's, let's go to the verse there or whatever I have. I'm going to catch up here in just a second. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Mm. So one of the things that we got to do, Sister Trish, is we can't be ashamed of the good news. We can't be ashamed to remind him that he's been defeated through the cross and I'm a part of it. Now, this is what I'm saying because he's going to bring up stuff that you don't have right. He's going to bring up your issues. He's going to bring up your trials. And some of those things are true. He's going to bring up the stuff you've gone through. He's going to bring up your sin and your mistakes. But at the end of the day, the good news is that on the cross on Calvary, over 2,000 years ago, somebody sacrificed his life for my mess-ups. So why are you trying to bring up my mess-ups? I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the good news of the power of Jesus Christ. And so let me let you know something, devil. I am not a wimp. I'm not a punk. I'm not scared. I got power because I know what the gospel means to me. And I'm not ashamed to let you know. Well, you ain't no good. Sometimes I'm not. But God is good. You ain't no good. Well, sometimes I'm not, but my Savior is good. If I was so good, he wouldn't have needed to die for me. But since he died for me, I'm going to go ahead and celebrate the fact that he died for somebody that wasn't worth a dime, and you can't do nothing about it. Amen. 
So don't be ashamed. Don't, 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 don't hold your head down. Now, now, of course, there comes trials and things that you deal with that, that uh, pause you momentarily, but you have to remind the devil that he is the enemy, he is defeated, and you're not ashamed to tell him so. All right, so now moving right along, let's go to point B under why do we have to deal, why do we have to be armed for an enemy that's already de defeated? The first one is because our en enemy has e amnesia. B, we are defending what was previously won. In other words, we are armed because we are defending what had happened already. We're going to put this up, and this will give you a nice phrase to work from. We aren't fighting for victory, but from victory. I, I, I'm not fighting for salvation. I'm fighting from salvation. And so I'm reminding the enemy that the gospel is not about do. The gospel is about done. It was already done. So even though everything I do is not altogether correct, what he has already done has paid the price. So while I'm working on my do, I remember the done. And I got to let you know, devil, you're dumb if you forgot the done. It was already done. It was already paid. It was already worked out. Now, let me give you an example. Many of y'all have eaten turkey leftovers. And what you normally don't do is you don't take the turkey leftovers and you don't dress them up and put them back in the oven because it's already done. You just heat them up. You microwave because the work has already been done. And so when I'm working things out, the Bible says work out your own salvation. When I'm working things out and the devil's trying to buffalo me, all I need is a little microwave. I, I don't need to start the process all over again because God has already done. What's your microwave, Pastor Andre? And let me tell you about me. I, I used to grow up where you typed in the number one minute, two minute, three minute. I don't do that anymore. There's a little button called 30 seconds. I hit that button about seven times to get everything I need. All I need is 30 seconds here and 30 seconds there and 30 seconds there and 30 seconds. All I need is 30 seconds of praise and 30 seconds of prayer and 30 seconds of scriptures and 30 seconds of hallelujah. I keep putting it together because the work is already done. So we used to sing a song that said victory is mine. Victory is mine. I told Satan to get thee behind because victory is mine. Not will be, not shall be, not next week, not in 2024 and 2025, but victory is mine right now. I may not feel victorious, but give me some 30-second pushes. Give, give me some 30-second hallelujahs. I'll get back to where I need to be because victory is already mine. So I'm defending what has already been done. I'm reminding the enemy, and I'm defending what's already been done. Let's, let's look at 1 Peter 3.15. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet, do it with gentleness 
and respect. I, I'm coming out of the, the context that I've been in because I've been talking about the enemy, which is a spiritual thing. And I'm coming into the context that Peter was talking about. And Peter is talking about with people. Never be ashamed, going back to what Paul said in what we just read in or earlier in Romans. But going to what Peter says, Peter's piggybacking off of Paul. And he's saying, never be afraid to give a defense of why you do what you do. In other words, why you say, because you have an atheist who will talk about how there is no God and whatever. Listen, you can believe what you want to believe. I'm not here to put my beliefs on you, but don't be trying to put your beliefs on me. Here, here's the way non-Christians are. They don't want you forcing religion down them, but they want to force their stuff down you. No, I'm defending. This is what I want to do. Why are you going to church? Why are you giving your money? Why are you doing this? It's the white man's religion. How about you worry about yourself? Yeah. If you don't want to come, if you don't want to go, you do you, but let me do me. Why is me doing me so offensive to you? Yeah. Now, I want to go to church where you're wasting your time, but hold, hold, hold on. I don't mean to be rude, but when I look at my life going to church yeah. and I look at your life not going to church, I'd rather be on this side. So do what you want to do, but I'm blessed over here. I'm prosperous over here. I'm healed over here. I done bounced back over here. So don't worry about what I'm doing. I'm doing what I need to do. Maybe you so special you don't have to. But for the demons I fight, I need to be in somebody's house of God. For the stuff I go through, I need to have a preacher over my life. So worry about yourself. Defend. Now, that's, excuse my terminology, that's a ghetto way of defending. There, there, there's a more theological way of defending where you break down scriptures and all that. But at the end of the scripture, go ahead and bring the scripture back up for a second. So I, I, I want to bring this point up. At the end of it, it says, yet do it with gentleness and respect. You don't have to argue and fuss and fight with people. You can do it with gentleness and respect. But that's when you're talking to people. When you're dealing with the devil, you don't have to be respectful. You can talk about him like a dog if you want to while he's up in your face. So we're on. We're going somewhere at this. We're armed, but these are the reasons why, even though he's defeated, we need to be armed. So we got to remind him, and then because uh, we are defending what has already been won. Let's go to Philippians 1, 15 through 16, and we'll read that. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. Let's be truthful. Not all Christians are doing it for the right reasons. Some people got ulterior motives. But Paul said, the folk that hook up with me, they know I'm doing it to defend the gospel. I'm here to let you know I don't have an ulterior motive because if I had an ulterior motive, I wouldn't do it in Muncie, Indiana. Yeah. This ain't the place I'd pastor if I had an ulterior motive. I'd find another place with more folk if I wanted to have an ulterior motive. But I'm here in defense of the gospel. I'm defending what God has done for me because when you didn't know me and I was in a dorm room confused and lost and God stepped into a dorm room and rescued my soul, I 
told God, I'll serve you till the day I die. And I didn't make the promise to folk. I made the promise to God. And do I do what I do because God rescued me. Yeah. Now, some people can't get happy about the things of God because they ain't been rescued. Their life has been peachy king and they really don't need a whole lot of God. But but I, 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 it's hard for me to explain how far I had fallen and how fast I had fallen. How confused I was in on the college campus. And, and even though God is there in colleges, there are demonic spirits on colleges. And if your children are not prayed up, they will get so twisted so quick so fast and it happened to me and God reached in and grabbed me and so I preached the gospel not so I can wear a suit I preached the gospel not so I can have a church I preached the gospel not so you can hear my voice but because God rescued me amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me I once was lost but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. So I do what I do because it's real to me down in my sanctified soul. I'm saved down to my toenails. Not because of something I did, but because when God touched me, I was messed up from the head to the toe. So he had, he had to rescue me from head to toe. But I'm grateful. So I do what I do because of that. All right, let's move on. Let's, let's get uh, point C under this question here. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead and read that for me. I'm sorry. Our enemy thinks he can wrestle victory away from us. So he, he, the enemy is... Confident and confused because he forgets that he's defeated and he thinks he can wrestle away something from us that God has clearly given to us. Let me, let me tell you, this happens with young people who are really young, like young, 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 immature. I'm not talking about 17, 18. I'm talking about down to two, three, one, four, Every now and then, you would invite a family over your house. And the toys I bought for my kids, the, the other invited guests, their kids, would grab stuff from my kids and say, mine. It's cute for a while until they don't give it back. And even though you saved and sanctified, something on the inside says, if you don't stop your child, I'm going to stop your child because my child's over in the corner crying because you done took something from them that was rightfully theirs and you don't want to give it back. Now, I know we, y'all don't, y'all did, some of y'all didn't grow up in an era where anybody could whip your kids. But I grew up in an era that if you did that, anybody could whip you. That ain't yours. 
I'm taking it away from you. Now she shared it or he shared it and now you think you're going to take it home and walk away? No, this stays in this house. And I'm here to let you know the devil is like an immature little child. God gave you salvation. He gave you victory. He gave you joy. He gave you peace. And the devil want to take it and just walk off with it. No, put it down. Put it back. It don't belong to you it belongs to me and you have to be vigilant because folk will take folk will steal some people they're 35 and they're stealing but they didn't start stealing at 35 they start stealing at 2 and nobody corrected them well, let me tell you something, devil. You've been trying to play games with me for a long time. And I let it go for a long time. But the buck stops here and the buck stops today. You can't take another thing from me. I'm tired of going and getting what the devil stole. No, stop stealing from me, devil. You can't have this anymore. There's a story about a man that, that, that had a great ministry in Indiana, South Bend, Indiana specifically. It was Lester Sumrall. Lester Sumrall had a uh, certain situation. Either his mentor told him this or this happened to him. I can't quite remember which, uh, which it was, but he was in a uh, foreign country and he was preaching. And after the service was over, he goes back to his hotel room. And in his hotel room, he wakes up to this foul smell, something very foul and demonic. And then he says this, a wind starts rustling in the window and the curtain started moving. And he's laying in bed not knowing what's going on. And then the bed starts jumping and moving while he's in the bed. And most of us would be frightened and be scared. But he realized the devil was upset because of the work he was doing. So he said, devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus and told him to get out. He said the smell stopped, the wind stopped blowing, the curtain stopped moving, and the devil left. And Lester Summerall said, when you came in here, the bed was over there. Now put the bed back where it was. The smell came back, the wind came back, and the bed moved back to where it was. And the devil got up and got on out of the room because he took authority over every situation no, you are not going to scare me out of this. I've been through too much hell to back up now. Devil, get out of here. Go away. So he'll try to wrestle things, but you got to wrestle back. That's, that's to some of y'all men, I used to like Ric Flair. I didn't like Ric Flair right off the bat. But after a while, I liked him because he was cocky. He would say, I'm the best. I'm the greatest. And he go, Woo! Pat his chest. Sometimes you got to tell the devil, I'm the best thing you ever faced. You, you met your match because I got Jesus on the inside. Woo, I'm coming back. Woo, I'm bouncing back. Woo, I'm getting my money back. Woo, I'm getting my joy back. I'm coming back. I'm going to wrestle. And guess what? One, two, Free. The referee's counting. And guess what? I'm not the one getting counted out. You're getting counted out. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. So wrestle me if you want to. You got, you got another thing coming. Another quick story. I'll, I'll tell you, I remember uh, being in college and uh, I had 
I was wanted to go out for the basketball team, but I wasn't good enough. And so uh, the, the basketball coach was having me do some tryouts, and I knew it wasn't going good. He didn't have to tell me it wasn't going good, and I wasn't about to be on no college basketball team. But what I didn't know, the football coach was there as well. And so the football coach said, I can use him. Why don't you come and be on my team? He didn't say you had to try out. He said I could come because the way I was moving and doing, he thought I could be on the football team. I had never played football at all. So uh, other than in the streets or on the grass, I had never played organized football. So I was shocked. I was being brought up to the college ranks. And so there was this young guy who was on college football team, and he was a senior. And he looked at me, and he was like, what are you doing, you little scrawny little thing? And I was scrawny. I was shocked that the football coach wanted me. So they were in the weight room, and they were laughing at me because I wasn't doing so great. And so after we got out of the gym setting, when we were in the dorm, the dude started picking with me, thinking I was just going to roll over. But my daddy told me, Mitchells, don't quit. Now, you were senior on the football team, but I didn't ask to be on the football team. The coach did. So if you're going to bother me, I'm not just going to roll over. Oh, don't bother me. No. I may be little, but I got short man syndrome. So I stood up to him, and he started trying to wrestle me, and he started trying to pin me down, and I threw him down. And he started laughing, and then because he thought I had a lucky move, and he did it again, and I did it again. It's happened like three times, and when I looked at his eyes, he realized I was stronger than what he thought I was. I didn't look strong, but something about my mentality was, you're not going to push me around. And this is what I also knew. It wasn't just me and him. There were other football players looking and watching. And they were expecting this senior to dominate this freshman, but this little scrawny freshman kept putting up a fight. Well, to make a long story short, guess who respected me the most? The fellow who tried me but couldn't bring me down. I'm here to let you know the devil thought he could push you over because you've been crying, you've been depressed, you've been addicted, and you've been broke, so he thinks you're weak. But what he don't know, let the weak say, I am strong. And I'll fight you if I got to fight you. I'll wrestle you if I got to wrestle wrestle you. I'll bite you if I got to bite you. But you're not putting me down. I didn't come this far to lay down. I didn't come this far to die. I'm putting up a fight. Now here's something that I did. I, I had already proved my point. And I was tired. And he was tired. And so I whispered in his ear. I said... I'm going to let you get it. And I laid down. And it looked like he won. But he knew and I knew that I could have fought all day long. I wasn't about to give up. And it's interesting that whenever the football players would bring up that moment and try to say, well, you lost, the senior would say, no, leave him alone. Because he knew and I knew that he didn't whoop me. And there's some stuff that the devil know, and you know you tried it, but it didn't work. See, this is what people don't understand. Me and my wife have been married 23 years, but you don't know the hell that we've been through. And so when people talk about it's so great, we've been married so long, but she know, and I know, 
and the devil know and God know it didn't have to last 23 minutes but the fact that it lasted 23 years is cause what the devil tried he couldn't do because I was armed trying to get back to the original point as we move right along so go ahead and let's read this put it up Ephesians 16 finally my brethren mm-hmm. be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, I just told you the story about what I, what I was talking about. And in the story, I told you that at some point, I got tired and he got tired. Well, this happens in reality and spirituality. So the Bible says, finally, which means at the end, be strong, but be strong in the Lord. It's so beautiful. I tell the story all the time and I'll tell it again. So there is another tank. There is another reservoir. There is something that you can switch over to, and it is the spirit. So the story that I tell all the time is when I was a youth pastor, and we were going somewhere, we were going out of town, and we were returning back. And so as we were turning back, the gas hand was going to E. And I had the little issue that my, my dad had. I was cheap, so I was looking for cheaper gas. So I drove past the gas station, and I was going to find, I know there's some cheaper gas down the road. Well, guess what? When we got down the road, and I think we ended up getting on a detour, and there wasn't no gas stations in miles. And I'm praying because I got these, these parents' kids out, and I don't know if I'm about to run out of gas or not. I'm praying and believing God when all I should have done was stop the gas the first time. But anyway, I'm saying, God, please don't let me get out here and break down and have all these kids out here. This is, this is back when you don't have a whole lot of cell phones. I didn't want to hear a whole bunch of uh, saints' mouths, so God, help me out. Then all of a sudden, the gas hand went from E to full. And I'm looking, and I'm like, I don't know if this is a miracle or not, but I didn't have gas. Now, all of a sudden, I have gas. I was confused, and I was scared, and when I found the next gas station, I went and filled up. But I know I seen the gas hand go from E to full. When I got home and everybody got dropped off, the next day, I was talking to my dad about it, and I was like, something weird happened. He's like, son, that van has two gas tanks. So when one gets empty it automatically clicks over to the next one. So it wasn't really a miracle. It was, it had an extra tank. And I'm here to let you know when you have the spirit of God, you got an extra tank. When I'm low in myself, when I'm low in my knowledge, when I'm low in my power, somehow God will switch me over to that other tank. Finally be strong in the Lord. Not in your tank, but in the Lord's tank. Not in your mind, but in the Lord's mind. Not in your power, but in the Lord's power. I started off on E, and I'm back on full again, because I switched over to a brand new reservoir, a brand new tank, and out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. You got more power than you know. You got more anointing than you know. You got more strength than you know. And here's the thing. It's not till you get to the end of your rope till you sometimes find God's rope. And once you get to the end of you, that's when that other thing will click over. I do remember while, while I was filling up, I noticed that it, it filled up a long time. So I was really confused till I figured it out. So sometimes you got to tap into your other tank. 
All right, so let's look at point D. Got to move us on. We need to be armed because that's how God told us to stand. Now I'm just going to really get into the scripture here. So here's, here's the last point of this. The reason why we need to be armed, even though he's defeated, because that's what God told us to do. He told us to be armed. And he wants us, go ahead, you can bring that back up. He wants us to be what? He wants us to be armed and dangerous. Armed and dangerous. It doesn't do you no good to be armed and you can't be dangerous. Now, I do have a, a, a pistol, but the pistol, it needs bullets in order to really be protective. So if I pull it out and it shoots water, it's not going to help anybody. The robber is not going to be scared if I'm shooting water. You have to be armed, but you have to have the ability to be dangerous if I need to be. And that's why sometimes the devil picks with you because he's afraid if you ever found out who you were, how dangerous you would be. I also tell this story all the time about the Japanese emperor when he's asked about why he bombed Pearl Harbor. He says because of what they were doing in the South Pacific. We could not do, because America had some pool in that area, they could not partner with Germany and take over the world and leave America alone. America was neutral. We were not choosing sides. But in order for J Japan and Germany to form this alliance and do what they had to do, they had to bomb us. So the emperor said, uh, we had to bomb America, but I'm afraid all we've done is to awake a sleeping giant. In other words, I can't do what I want to do without attacking Kelly, but I'm worried that if I attack her, she won't go and hide. I might wake up the giant that's on the inside of her. So I'm attacking her not because I, I don't have a choice, because I want to get to her daughters, and I can't get to her daughters if I don't get to her. So I got to attack her, but what I might end up doing is wake up the that's inside of her so whenever the devil messes with you he's taking a risk he's taking a gamble because I got somebody in the generations behind you that I'm trying to destroy but I can't destroy them until I go through Keisha first but if I mess with Keisha she might turn around and slap me back so, so I'm doing what I have to do because I have no choice but I'm afraid I might wake up the star on the inside of you, the greatness on the inside of you, the lion on the inside of you, the tiger, the bear on the inside of you. And that's all the devil has done when he poked his finger in deliverance temple eye. All he done is showed us who we really are. If you want to fight, come on, devil, we got something for you because we're banding together. We're not here to give up. We're not here to roll over and play dead. We're here to stand up and say through hell or high water, we're going to preach the kingdom until the power of God falls. Yeah. All right, so let's, let's go ahead and let's look up these scriptures. Let's, let's see uh, here, Ephesians 6, 11. Go ahead and read that for me. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. All right, he's defeated, but you have to be dressed. At my job, they call it PPE, which is personal protective equipment, which means there's nothing you can face on the job that will harm you if you're dressed properly. 
I've dealt with acid that could cut your hand off. I've dealt with things that would fumigate you and kill you if you weren't dressed properly. But if I had the right mask, the right apron, the right gloves, the right shield, I could do anything. And that's what God is trying to tell you. If you're dressed properly, you can face anything. I don't care what the devil has if you get dressed the right way. If you got the right equipment on, the right tools, you can walk through fire and not be burned. You can go in water and not drown. You can rise through any challenge. You can climb mountains. You can jump out of planes if you want to because you are covered. People have jumped out of planes and been okay because they had parachutes. People have climbed up mountains and been okay because they had the right equipment to climb up the mountain. So what God says, when you put on the whole armor of God, when you get armed properly, you can handle anything. Somebody say, I can handle anything. I can handle anything. All right, so uh, is there another verse or is, is there a picture next? Whatever's next, put it up. So here's the picture. So this is what a Roman soldier looked like. Look, looking first over on the le uh, my left side, which be uh, your right for some of you. The uh, red guy, that's how a Roman soldier was dressed. From his helmet to his breastplate to his uh, gird, uh, his, his belt, his, uh, the shields on his arm. They were really covered and protected. And then he had a shield in his hand. On the other side, it shows you how big the shield normally is. And it gives you exactly what all those things mean in the word of God. So those online can see it clearly, but I'm actually going to walk through it for us so we can, uh, it will help us, and then we will move on and get on out of here. So let's look at Ephesians 6 and 12. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Mm. Stand therefore, having fastened the belt of truth. In other words, you got to get some truth about yourself. You got to dress yourself with truth. And one of the truths we got to address ourselves is stop pretending like everything's okay when it's not. Yeah. It's, it's okay to tell folk you're not okay. Amen. It's okay to be honest because that's why we're here together. So you, you don't have to act like you're okay. If you're not okay, it's okay to you, for you to tell me and for me to tell you. The problem with some church folk is when you tell them, they tell everybody in the world. Yeah. Well, Benny said he's struggling. Benny said he's struggling. Well, why would he tell you? If you're going to blab it everywhere else. I told you because I thought I could trust you. So you find out not everybody in the church is trustworthy. But true folk, when they say this will, this will not be heard again, they are telling the truth. Some people, you tell them what you want to get out just to test who you can talk to and who you can't talk to. Because some folk, they'll run, and once you hear it back, they say, okay, I knew I couldn't trust them, but I had to test them first. And the problem is I can understand folk on the job acting like that. I can understand folk in the family reunion acting like that. But church folk acting like that, that bothers me. Especially church folk that go to the same church as me. If I confide something in you, there ought to be some honesty about yourself that when you say that I'm going to keep it between us, that's what you do. Or be honest and say, don't tell me. Because, listen, I, I'm the wrong one to tell. I tell everything. Don't tell me. I'm a broke-down refrigerator. I can't hold water. Don't tell me. At least give me the heads up. <laughs> tell me the truth. But another thing, as a pastor, what I've learned is 
Folk would tell me stuff in confidence and tell me don't tell nothing, and then they go and tell it. Then I'm looking, feeling bad. How did it get out there? I didn't realize that when you told me, you was telling the whole world. Don't have me holding secrets that you plan on telling anyway. Don't be wasting my time. All right, let me, let me move on. But, but some of y'all don't even understand stand how me and Devin operate. If you don't tell her to tell me, she don't tell me. If you don't tell me to tell her, I don't tell her. But we've been burnt that way before. Because I gave her 100. She gave her 100. Because we didn't compare notes. But we try not to. If you come to me in confidence, I try to keep it in confidence. So I've asked, is it okay to tell her? And if it's not, I don't tell. Because I want you to be safe and she wants you to be safe as well. That's just a side note, but let's move on from that. Let's go to the next one. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Oh, I love it when you get some new Jordans. And you get some new high heels and some good red bottom shoes. But that's not what you should be broadcasting the most. It is the feet that run and share the gospel. Not feet that run and share gossip, but feet that run and talk about the good news of Jesus Christ. Look what God has done for me. Look what God has done for us. Look how God has turned the situation around. The only thing that bothers me, you have folk that have everybody praying for them when they go through. But they don't tell nobody when they come out. I'm still praying for you every day, fasting, and you over it. You fine. You're doing good. Pastor, I can't eat. I haven't been able to eat in, in, in years. Well, guess what? I'm going to fast with you. Now, I'm hungry, and I see you at Red Lobster. Wait a second. When the Lord deliver you, let me know so I can find out. Tell me about what God has done. Don't have me praying, and you don't tell me that God has turned the situation around. Let me know. And I love it when people let me know. Now, the problem with being a pastor, I get all the bad news. This is going on. This is going on. So I love it when somebody tell me, hey, pastor, this has happened. And a lot of y'all tell me good news, and it makes me so happy because, hey, I was praying for it. I was worried about it. I was concerned about it, and I found out this happened. Listen, if you single and you got a man, don't be hiding. Tell me. I want to know. I've been praying for some of y'all good women to get a good man. Let me know. Some of the reason why y'all don't let me know because you know the man ain't no good and you don't want to tell nobody. That's another story. I ain't got time to talk about that. Sometimes y'all hide stuff on purpose because when you shine the light on stuff, stuff gets exposed. All of a sudden, I don't want pastor all up in my business. Well, when you was asking for prayer, you wanted me in your business. Let, let me get off of that. Go on somewhere. Read. Read some more. Read some more. We, 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 we trying to get out of here. In all circumstances, yes. take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the eagle. So the, the enemy, if he can't wrestle it away from you, he, he leaves. But he lobs stuff. He throws stuff at you. And the stuff he throws, sometimes it hits you out of nowhere. Hits you in your head, hits you in your mind, and even in natural situations. You ever went to bed fire and woke up with a pain you ain't never had? Now, some of y'all, if you 30 and under, you may not understand that. But when you 
certain age, you wake up with stuff that you didn't have before. Sometimes the devil just lobbing stuff. So that's why you have to have the shield of faith. And that's why it's not no little tiny shield. You have a shield of faith that blocked them darts. When I, when I go out because of who I am, the devil is throwing stuff at me. I know it. So I got to go prepare. You, you, you don't run into battle like this. I, no, you run into battle protected. If, if, if you're shooting, you... So, you, 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 you got to be serious about what you're doing. You, you, you don't just step into stuff. Um, Devin, I feel like God wants me to go pray at the strip club. No, he don't. I ain't that sanctified. That ain't my ministry. No. I'm not that dumb to think I can just do anything and the devil can't pick me off and mess me up. No, I'm trying to be protected. I'm not scared. I'm fighting for my life. Yes. All right, let's, let's move on. I think the point here, this is the second point. So this all, we only had two points. This is the second point. Being armed only requires two offensive weapons. It only requires two Offensive weapons. Here's point A and point B. A. Offense wins games. Defense. Go ahead. You can put that back up. Sorry. Wins championships. So those of you who've ever played basketball sports, they say this all the time. Offense wins games, but defense wins championships. Because when you're a champion, everybody's bringing their A game. So you always have to defend. And so... Defense keeps you as a champion. So that's why everything we read in the armor of God has all been defensive up until the, this point because defense is the most important thing. The reason why you're defending because you're already on top. Uh-huh. We used to play king in the Since y'all got it on this, this thing, we used to play king in the mountain. We used to love king in the mountain. You got to push me down. You got to come for me. But whoever's on top, everybody's coming for whoever's on top. So if the devil keep coming for you, it may be a sign that you're on top. But if you want to stay on top, you got to defend. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. The reason why you're resisting so much is because you're on top. The reason why folk is talking about you behind your back is because you're in front of them. It 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 is what it is. So we have two uh, offensive weapons. And so A, we'll put that back up. The word is a part of your offense. All right, let's read Ephesians 6, 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now the helmet of salvation, which you put over your head, that is defensive, but it's also offensive because your mind is is a tool and your mind is a weapon. But our major weapon, our major sword is the word of God. That's why y'all come to church to hear me yell and holler at y'all and teach y'all the word of God because what you're doing, I'm going to use a Star Wars term, term, you're building your lightsaber. And in Star Wars, when you're a Jedi, it's very important to have the lightsaber in order to defend yourself, but also go on the attack. So you need the word of God, the sword of the spirit, to be in offense. All right, let's move on. Here's point B, and this is our last point. 
is a part of our offense. Prayer is a part of our offense. I'm going to give us a couple extra verses that we normally don't go into because I want to show us the offensiveness of prayer. So let's look at Ephesians 6, 18. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Let me just say this, and I've said it a hundred times. I'll say it again. This ain't the time to play church. If you haven't figured it out. So you need to be praying. You need to be talking to God. If you are a saint and you're just sitting with empty space in your head after you done scrolled for 37 hours and you finally have some downtime and some empty space, please use that doing some praying because we need to be prayed up. We need to be focused. So here it says praying in the spirit. Praying with supplication, with all kinds of prayers, keeping alert, persevering, making supplication. In other words, you you have petition prayers where you're asking for things. You have thanking prayers. You have intercessory prayers. You have a whole lot of things you can pray about. They don't have to be really deep and long. I'm not saying you have to pray for hours and hours on time, but you need to have a prayer life, a consistent constant prayer life where you're talking to God. What are we doing? What should I do? What should I wear? You got to go to this. Where should I wear? Where should I stay? What hotel should I be in? What car should I be driving? What bill should I pay first? You you need to be asking and praying and thinking. All those things, it builds you up to where you begin to make good decisions when you need to and you stay on top of things, which is very powerful. So it says making a supplication for all saints, but here's the verses that I'm going to add to it. Look at verse 19. Paul adds this. And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. He said, while you are praying, one of the offensive things you can do is pray for your leader that when he opens his mouth, the word of God is boldly taught. So don't just come to church and listen to me, but throughout the week, pray that I have a word that pierces hearts, that fixes situations, that turns things around. Pray that I'm speaking boldly. Pray I have the confidence to declare the word of God that'll pull demons down. In other words, you are sharpening your sword, but you're praying for my sword that when I get up here, I'm not wasting your time. Because you could be watching the game. You could be going somewhere, chilling out, relaxing. If you're going to bring your time to come here and log in online, you need to be getting something. And it's not only my job to give it. It's your job to pray to pull it out of me. So when you show up, you pray so much, I can't leave without getting a word. I don't know if the chair going to talk to me. I I don't know if the paper towel in the bathroom going to talk to me, but I done prayed so much, I'm getting a word when I get there. I'm not going and leaving empty-handed. I'm getting something that's going to change my life because one word from God can change your life. So it's a prayer. Now read, read, read this last verse, and this is how we're closing. For which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. This is why we are in the chains we are in, because of the word of God. So we don't want to go through the hell and not get the reward. 
In other words, the reason why the devil's been after us is because of the word of God. The reason why we fought so hard and grieved so hard and cried so hard and lost so much is because we got something special. So I don't want to go through the chains and not see the deliverance. We are called deliverance temple for a reason. I don't want to just talk about it and we never see any deliverance. Ever. We always lose. It's 50 to 2. Well, God delivered us from two headaches, but the devil got 50 wins. The devil is a lie. I want us to be able to say God fixed some stuff. He turned some things around. So I'm praying that the church that I go to, that it will make the change make sense. I want what the hell I've gone through to make sense. And I promise you the rewards are going to make sense. But we got to press into it. We got to stay armed. And then when we get to the point of being offensive, we got to use the word, but we got to pray, 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 pray until something happens. All right, let's get up and let's stand to our feet. And come on, clap our hands this morning. Armed. Somebody say armed. I'm on for the battlefield. And I ain't losing this time. Woo, I see one person don't want to lose. Let me say that. I ain't losing this time. All right. Come on, let's bow our heads and let's, let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father God, we praise your name and we love you, God. Thank you. God, you have armed us for whatever we need to face. But God, if we got to do some more dressing, let us put some more on. Let us, let, let us take it to another level. We've been wearing great value armor, but it's time for us to buy some higher price armor and put it on and wear it because the battles that we have to face, we want to win. We don't even want the devil to breathe on us on some of these battles. When we show up, we want him to fold. We want to be like David and Goliath. We got five smooth songs, but we only want to use one of them. I don't want to throw all of them. Just let me use one shot to knock him down. Knock that ugly devil down and let us stand in victory once again and declare because of you, we have won. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. If you need prayer for any reason, come up. We'll pray for you. Those of you online, God bless you. Have a great week.